All right, our our guest here now. We're going to be talking a little ski jumping. It's uh, I know it's kind of end of October here in Wisconsin, but we're getting close to that uh, winter season. But this is a man who there is like no off season when, when it comes to uh, ski jumping. Andrew Erlop is joining me in studio because did I hear this right? So I actually at the, we're recording this on a Tuesday. I met Andrew literally yesterday for for the first time. Shout out Ray's place. Yeah, uh, over there. And you're because you train in Norway, is yep. it? And yep. you're only here for just like a couple days, and then you have to go back right away. Is that how it goes? First of all, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having me. Absolutely really appreciate it. So, is it? I mean, that hectic of a, a schedule for you, where you only get like a couple days off, or so it's interesting. Um, I actually do have the full spring off. Okay. So the months of April and May. Okay. And so I get to spend that time here in Eau Claire. Okay. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of where my roots at Ray's come from. Gotcha. Um, started working there when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then I worked there during the springtime. Um, it's actually a funny story how I started down at Ray's. Uh, when I got my license, I wanted to start my own lawn mowing business. Okay. I had a minivan. Nice. And I was able to haul a small John Deere mower on a trailer. So learning, you know, skills when I was young. Right. Um, but I was looking for clients to mow their lawn. Mm-hmm. I had a few neighbors, uh, my father's business, uh, but was still kind of looking to expand a bit more. And my family is uh, pretty loyal to Ray's. Mm-hmm. We went there quite a bit when I was younger. And my mom being outgoing, she was like, Hey Dave, the owner of Ray's, yep. uh, you need you need your lawn mode? <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at her and he's like, uh yeah. kind of a random question. Yeah, right? kind <laughs> of a random question. But yeah. <laughs> my mom's outgoing and he's like, uh yeah. And so I got um I started mowing Dave's lawn. And he calls me one day, and he's like, hey, uh, do you have any interest in helping out at the bar? I was like, well, I guess so, yeah, what do you need? And so I started slicing meat Mm -hmm. down at Ray's uh, when I was 16. So I spent maybe a few too many hours at the bar when I was (laughs) in high school, but um, it was a blast. I had fun getting to know Dave and Sandy, the owners, and all the other bartenders. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started bartending when I was 18. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my backstory at Ray's. And nice. during the spring when I'm home, I try to fill in um, when they need help. And that helps me out too as mm-hmm. well. Um, Absolutely. And so, yeah, I'm home April and May. And then usually um, a week or two in July. Okay. Kind of a midsummer break. Okay. Because the summer is our, you know, kind of intense training. Mm-hmm. Um, where we take a lot of ski jumps. Uh, we are kind of getting back in shape after the spring. And now I'm home um, just for a week and a half here in October, kind of for a little relaxation, kind of get the mind right for mm-hmm. the hectic winter season. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I got lots to I want to ask you and kind of get uh, your background here uh, a little bit because – 
I was I was after I met you yesterday. I was kind of looking up your profiles and, yeah. and looking up some info. And dude, you got your own Wikipedia page. I think that's pretty <laughs> cool. Um, but I mean, dude, you're 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 a young man too. You graduate high school what 2019? Yep, uh, I, I was uh, old Abe. Yeah, uh, graduate from Memorial 2019. So yep. my first question is, I can't imagine myself being at your age. Essentially living across the world. Yeah. You know, how long have you been in Norway right now? Has it been uh, about a year, a couple of years? or? Um, we started being based out of Lillehammer, Norway, uh, June of, let's see, that would have been 2022. Okay. So the last summer. Right. Um, yeah, I can kind of give you another quick backstory. Uh, when I first made the national team, um, right after my senior season mm-hmm. or senior year of high school, uh, we the U.S. national team was based out of Slovenia. Okay. And the reason that we are not really based here in the U.S. is because um, our facilities are not world class. Gotcha. Unfortunately, there mm-hmm. are now a couple. Um, here in the U.S. that are getting um, closer. We actually have a World Cup in Lake Placid, New York in February. Okay. That's definitely the um, best facility we have. But, you know, around the Midwest here, we have great programs for young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but the larger jumps are severely outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a lot of money to yeah. revamp a ski jump. And so... We just get better quality training in Europe, and we're closer to our um, competitors. Okay. So we can kind of see how our training is going and um, maybe, um, yeah, it is just a better better spot for us to be. Right. And um, so, yeah, we were based out of Slovenia my first two to three years on the national team. And unfortunately, things just were not going very well. So um, we had a pretty rough um, Olympic year. Mm -hmm. And so after that 2022 Olympic year, our organization said, you know, we need to make some changes. And we had an amazing opportunity to partner with the Norwegian national team. They kind of saw the potential that the U.S. had in their athletes, but also in our market here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. You know, we are the biggest country. I think there's a stat, like, all of the European, um, the whole European population is, I think, maybe smaller than the U.S. Oh, wow. I didn't, I would never realize Don't quote me on that. I think that was was the statistic, but, um, yeah, there's something crazy like that. You know, the U.S. is huge. Right. And so if the sport of ski jumping, which is extremely popular in the U.S., mm-hmm. or, or sorry, in Europe, um, if they could kind of tap into that potential market here in the U.S., that would be huge for our sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of saw that as if we, as the Norwegians, can help the U.S., you know, move up spots in the world and kind of get our names on the map, then, you know, they, the Norwegians can kind of be the front runner in mm-hmm. helping the sport as a whole right. and kind of show their dominance of a Nordic country. Right. So, um, yeah, we started training with the Norwegian national team, and 
from then on, things have been going up and up. So it's a very exciting time. That's to be awesome. On the national team. So let's re uh, kind of go back in history here a little bit. Um, did I read you started kind of at five at, at the age of five? Yes. So what in the heck? Because I have a son who's six. <laughs> There's no way he would even try, you know, something like this. And but like, what drew you at such a young age? to get into this sport what can you remember getting into it what what was what was your inspiration for that i actually have a uh kind of a weird core memory um i lived close to the ski jumps Mm -hmm. when i was that age um and i remember my neighbor coming up to our house and she had two kids similar age to my sister and i and they were like, oh, do you guys want to go learn to ski today? And that's really all I remember of that day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember putting on the boots or the skis. Um, but, yeah, the Flying Eagles Ski Club, mm-hmm. they put on a Learn to Ski Day event every single year. Still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's usually around the Christmas to New Year's time, kind mm-hmm. of in between those two dates. And basically it's open to the entire community you can sign up and put usually downhill skis on for the first time and um club members will be out there kind of teaching young kids to learn to ski Mm -hmm. and i'm sure my parents at that time were just thinking it was an opportunity for me to learn how to downhill ski Mm -hmm. uh you just do the basics of learning how to stop learning how to you know put your hands on your knees and go down a just the tiniest of bunny hills Mm -hmm. and yeah uh i loved it and so we got signed up in the club i think the first year i don't think i actually went off the jump um just kind of going out there Mm -hmm. uh once a week and doing the bunny hill getting more and more speed uh throughout the year and then i think when i was six that following year was when i went off the smaller jump okay but yeah, Still, I loved that's... being out there in the snow and having fun. There was a, we had a pretty decent amount of kids at that time. I made a lot of friends in the yeah. club and had a blast. Man, that's so. Did I read too that? Is it uh, from your mom's side or your mom, the Brickabiner, uh, with the yeah. experience up there too? Yep. Yeah. So I think they were not my parents. They were not skiers mm-hmm. until I think when I started skiing. Okay, and then. Um, they slowly got it, got into it. And so, yeah, my mom and my sister, they've done multiple Berkebiners, which is the 50K race mm-hmm. up in Hayward. Yep. Um, I used to cross-country ski as well. I've done the quarter lopet when I was in middle school, maybe, um, which is the half okay. of the Berkey. Um, yeah, I decided to kind of hang up the cross-country skis wasn't a huge fan of racing. I enjoy mm-hmm. going out, just kind of putzing around and right. enjoying the nature. But, yeah, the racing was not so my speed. I preferred to put my head first down a ski jump and go fast. That's. <laughs> I, I want to get into that a little bit more coming up here. So, you, you obviously, you know, you're growing up. You're, you're still you're practicing. You're with the club and, and, and all that. At, at any point while you were a younger, younger man, because <laughs> you're still young, <laughs> did you envision being a part of, you know, Olympic, world, you know, national team and all that? I mean, no. did you, you didn't picture that at any point leading, you know? I did not. Um, so when I was growing up, 
I loved all sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I did um, football, soccer, a year of baseball, uh, cross-country skiing, ski jumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I loved it all. I did it all. And I tell people the thing that kind of drew me into ski jumping more than the others was kind of the vision of doing the next sized hill. When I was younger, um, you would always you'd show up at the ski jump, and here at Mount Washington we have four sized jumps, and you can only move up to the next one when your coach says, "Okay, you have the fundamentals, and you're able to do the next size jump." And so every night I would show up and you know be working towards that goal and always looking at the next size jump, like I'm gonna do that one day. Mm-hmm. I'm working hard to make sure that I can do the next size jump. And I think that's what kind of drew me into um, ski jumping more than the other sports is basketball. I didn't get that feeling of um, I want to do that next one. Right. Um, so, yeah. For it's me, almost like you had the visual, yeah. you know, kind of inspiration mm-hmm. that way. And then same with Silvermine, um, going out to the annual tournaments mm-hmm. when you're not capable of jumping that size hill. Mm-hmm. But seeing those older guys and women um, – jumping silver mine it was just like oh i need to do this see you see that and you want to do that i see that and i'm like <laughs> how the hell do you guys have the courage to do something like that yeah i mean it's just it's it's obviously you've put in the time and the work and the, and the mindset mm-hmm. but when you you see that is that something that is like you kind of talked about just working at it you know because obviously you're probably not going first year you're jumping off a big hill or anything like that does that does your confidence grow after every hill that you kind of jump to where you can get to that point? For sure. Um, and the thing about uh, ski jumping is, like you said, it's terrifying. Yeah. So when you move up to that next size hill, you are terrified. Um, it's it's quite fun to go to the hill now and see younger kids go through those same experiences and emotions mm-hmm. that I went through as a young kid. Um, you're sitting on the bar looking down and, you know, you have the thoughts going through your head like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not ready. This is terrifying. What, yeah. what All the bad things that could happen are going through your head. And so you you might sit there for a while, feel nervous to let go. But, you know, everyone's kind of cheering you on like, you got it, you got it. And as soon as you let go, you know, you just get um, kind of black eyes, tunnel vision. You're like, I've done this hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same feeling going down the in run from the big one to the smaller one. Um, obviously, you're going a bit faster, but right. your body just all of a sudden is like, okay, this is natural. I know what I'm supposed to do. And then you go off the takeoff, fly through the air, land, and then you immediately get that sense of accomplishment. Like, I did it. Yeah. That was awesome. And then you want to do it again and again and again. That adrenaline going going to? Exactly. Immediately. Every single kid is so happy, so ecstatic. And I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go further. Watch me do it this time. That's awesome. (laughs) So it's it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, So at what point, kind of explain to us where, you know, the process of where you're, you're at now joining this team, you know, uh, you know, was it kind of a tryout thing? Was it was it scouting? You know, 
how how was that process or how did that process kind of play out to to the point where you're at right now yeah um so when i was in high school um i i went to i got invited on my first um international competition uh when i was a freshman okay in high school wow and that was kind of based off of results here in the u.s whether that was junior national competitions or um, U.S. Cups, like what they do at Silver Mine. Mm-hmm. And so then after that year, I was named to the development team. And so then we would have kids kind of in that age range that would do training camps together mm-hmm. throughout the summer, whether that was in Park City, Utah, or Lake Placid, New York. And so I was on that team for a couple of years, and it wasn't until my senior year where I started to jump really well. <clears throat> and so my senior year, I was invited to kind of be based out of Slovenia and start competing every single weekend throughout mm. that winter season in Europe. So I think <laughs> um, I, I ran the first semester of high school kind of normal. Maybe in December I missed a week to go to Steamboat Springs because we had a junior world qualifier out there. Okay. But then after Christmas, I think I was only in class for maybe a week or two until end of March. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, M- Memorial was very accommodating. Yeah. Um, I didn't need many classes to graduate, and so I kind of cut down my schedule. I mm-hmm. think I had two online classes. My German teacher was like, you're going to be in Europe. You know, you're getting a very good experience. Um, and if you, you know, send some videos of you speaking German, the experiences you're having, you can stay in this class, and we'll catch you up when you come back. Wow, that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. and in English, um, we just had a huge project so I stayed in that class and just kept up with the requirements mm-hmm. of the project. But, um, yeah, so we – I was in Europe that second semester competing, um, learning, getting a lot of experience, not doing so well um, kind of at the beginning. But then towards end of January, early February, I had a good result at Junior Worlds and qualified for my first world championship team. So I've been to three now, but that's, you know, a huge event. Right. And that was extremely exciting. And, yeah, so that after those kind of getting better results at 17, then I made the criteria for the national team. Okay. And so once I graduated, then I was on the national team. And then, you know, you have a training program provided for you. You have the coaches that you train with. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the pathway to um, – to where, at, yeah. Yeah, to where I'm at right now. And, I mean, kind of talking about that, I mean, you've got, what, a silver and a bronze from 2023 uh, for the U.S. National Championships? Yeah, we had national championships uh, last week, maybe two weeks ago, in Lake Placid, New York. Uh, yep, I was second on the 90-meter and third on the 120. Um, what was that feeling like when you're on this, when you found that out and, you know, like... I was excited. Yeah. Um, I was glad to be on the podium for sure. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask a podium if I didn't know if they did the podium or not. So, yeah, 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 we okay. got a nice podium picture for sure. 
Um, however, I've been, uh, this is my third year in a row being on the podium at nationals, but not winning. So being a national champion is something I'm still, yeah, still kind of looking for, but it is interesting how we run nationals. Um, we have to do it before the winter season starts okay. because during the winter season, we're in Europe the entire time. Mm-hmm. So we can't. Uh, hold a national championship event here in the U.S. There's just, unfortunately, not enough time and mm-hmm. um, things like that. So in October, you know, we're not at our peak shape, and nationals is not um, – of course, it's really nice to do well. Right. Um, but it's not at the forefront of what we're training for. Mm-hmm. So we kind of run that week as a normal training week, and it's like, oh, okay, we have a competition this week. Um, so in theory, it's it's okay that I'm not at my best shape right now. Right. But of course, I, I still want to be a national champion yeah. for sure. So would you say it's is it like national world and then Olympics or kind of the, the yeah, power so, rankings, if so you will? So the, how the rankings go is – Throughout the winter season, there's a World Cup competition mm-hmm. every single weekend. And World Cup is the highest level. Okay. So that's where the money is at. That's where the fans is at. That's where the um, TV time and press, you know, they're big events mm-hmm. every single weekend. And so that's kind of your goal is to have a spot on World Cup the entire year. And then World Championships is every two years similar to an Olympic event. Where you know everyone's kind of fighting for a medal, right place doesn't really matter, um, and so that those are huge events. And then of course the Olympics every four year. Mm-hmm. Um, but World Championships and Olympics are a four man team. Okay. And then World Cup, we actually just earned our fourth spot on World Cup um, this summer. But sometimes you know there's only a base of two. So sometimes, you know, if we're not competing well and getting the points that we need as a team, then we could only have two spots mm-hmm. on World Cup for um, the weekend. Last year we had three, and now we have four. So that helps out a lot when there's six, seven of us trying to fight for those spots right. every weekend. Because wow. ski jumping can go up and down very quickly. Right. I uh, can you're imagine. Always, you're always trying to fight for consistency. But, yeah, it's a very up-and-down sport. So you mentioned, you know, Lake Placid you know, coming up here. So kind of give us, because you're going to be leaving here in a few days, uh, to go back to Norway, Next is it? Monday. Okay, yep. next Monday to go back to Norway. So what's what's coming up on the schedule? Because you mentioned Lake Placid. Uh, just kind of give us kind of a, a tease, because we're going to have you on more once you're back, Perfect. or even remotely, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Just to kind of keep tabs on everything. But kind of give us a, a heads up or a preview of what's what's coming up on the schedule for you. Yeah, so this is kind of a limbo time of year unfortunately i kind of hate um the end of october early november uh so we were in lake placid we had nationals and then we had our kind of final um jumping training camp of the summer lake placid actually iced their in run so you know how the ski jump has a scaffolding Mm -hmm. and we call it the in run um where your skis go uh, when you're going down the down the ramp, and they iced it, so we were on ice, but then mm-hmm. landing on plastic. But the reason we did that is uh, ice feels much more free and kind of 
a bit faster than the porcelain that we jump on in the summer. There's mm-hmm. a bit more friction to that, so you kind of want to get that feeling after not uh, jumping on ice since March. So you kind of want to get those feelings back. And um, yeah, so we had a couple day training camp after nationals, and now I'm home here heading back to Norway on Monday. And then, yeah, we're kind of in limbo. We're, we'll be, fingers crossed, for snow in Norway. Um, I know Sweden might get their hill ready uh, here in the next couple of weeks. But if we can't find snow, then we'll uh, just kind of be training in the gym, mm-hmm. whether that's you know lifting weights, doing technique work, um, just kind of basic training yeah. in the body, ready to go. And we have our first World Cup competition. It's Thanksgiving weekend in Ruka, Finland. Okay. So there'll definitely be snow up there. Yeah. That's uh, reindeer land. It's a pretty fun place to go for the opener. It feels like all of a sudden it's winter wonderland up there. (laughs) So it's cold and windy, but, uh, yeah, it's it's a good place to start it out. So when is, like, the – you're going to have to help me out here – the Olympics? The Olympics will be – in um i forget actually the host city the ski jumpers will be in Predazzo, italy that will be february of 2026 okay i think the host city is uh milan maybe okay but now is that something for for you to goal and and all that for sure yeah for sure the olympics are definitely um a huge goal of mine um unfortunately i barely missed out on 2022 Mm. um Looking back on it, it was it may have been a good thing for me. Um, it, you know, of course, it's extremely disappointing to be so close mm-hmm. and barely miss out. But I definitely learned a lot on you know kind of how I want to approach this next upcoming Olympic year um, in 2022. Well, now this would have been 2021 summer, the summer leading up to that Olympic winter mm-hmm. i was jumping extremely well number one on the team by far you know having some really good results everything was kind of clicking mm-hmm. i was in really good shape um, but of course that was in august september and then uh again in kind of this limbo time of year october november i kind of lost those feelings and just kind of hit a wall i yeah. was i was trying to search for those good feelings back and kind of trying to figure out what I was doing and, you know, almost overtraining to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't and mentally got fatigued, you know, even though the Olympics were not until February and this would have been, you know, end of October, early November, I just felt like time was running out and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and so uh, I just couldn't figure it out again and started struggling quite a bit in the winter. And so it was still jumping okay, but, um, yeah, then I, I barely missed out on the team. And I think it was a really good learning experience. And even if I would have ended up making the team, I would not have done well, unfortunately. So I think, you know, it wasn't really worth it. You mentioned the the learning experience from probably like a mental standpoint, you know, and then, but also I would imagine it gives you the confidence that you know you could do it because you were so close. Exactly. You know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, my teammates who went to the Beijing Olympics, you know, they said it was 
pretty brutal. Yeah. With COVID going on. Yeah. And kind of all the political tension as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it was a good one to miss. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely learned a lot. And so definitely looking forward to 2026 mm-hmm. and you know, fighting for a really good result there. Well, that's going to be awesome. Can't wait to follow up. Before I let you go, though, we do, I do every time it's a new interview where we catch up with somebody new, I do a thing called like lightning round. So we really get to know you <laughs> <laughs> deep down here. But uh, I'm going to actually start it off with with a couple questions. So, for for your profession, for your do you have like a diet? You know, like do you have to like a, because you know you're you, you you know you're just jumping in aerodynamics. You mentioned the physics and the friction and all. That. Like, yep. do you have to watch kind of like your weight? Like, because I think your dad was a wrestler, right? He was. So, I mean, do you have to kind of follow a, a, maybe a wrestler's mentality a little bit? Where for sure, the skinnier the better. Yeah. Um. Now. Being a ski jumper for so long, um, I have learned kind of, you know, kind of the perfect power to weight ratio that you want. Because mm-hmm. of course, when you get so skinny, then it's hard to focus. It's hard to perform at a high level. So there is definitely a a perfect ratio of what I'm trying to achieve. But yeah, we are um, every if you go to a ski jumping competition, everyone's skinny. Yeah. Um and yeah, we're we're definitely watching our weight and kind of looking at what we're eating, trying to get as much uh, nutrients in as possible, but also um, fueling the body correctly. And but yeah, I uh, have to watch my weight, <laughs> and it, it's a tough part of the sport. I would love to eat more than I do, but especially with your world travels too, right? To yeah, kind of the traveling, yeah. the traveling definitely um, plays an interesting role in that, but. Mm-hmm have learned a few tips and tricks from nutritionists and that to kind of help right uh power through the travel day that's awesome so with that what is your favorite food (laughs) ribs ribs yeah nice i love a good rack of ribs nice i like it favorite uh favorite movie of all time Ooh. um let's go pulp fiction Ooh, interesting (laughs) nice so if you have any time what are you streaming right now? Like on Netflix or Hulu or anything like that? Are you I've actually anything. I've actually been really getting into the um, series about. Uh, I don't know what the actual term for it is, but about sports, okay. like the F one series, the golf series. Oh yeah, yeah, the, like golf's full swing and all yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Tour de France mm-hmm. series. I think those are all so good, and you know, I think they should do it about. The ski jumping World Cup. That would be interesting. Yeah. I think it would be very unique to kind of dive into the ski jumper's life and see how we're training Absolutely. and our mindset behind competitions and exactly because sort of you know just kind of talking with you for a little bit and then you know I know it was about last year Nick and just kind of chatting with you guys and kind of knowing the inner workings. It's it's a lot. It's a unique sport. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot that goes into it, and I would kind of just uh, give a short. I think if the everyday um, person knew what went into our equipment, mm-hmm. especially our suits, and how big of a deal that plays into um, how we're flying through the air, yeah, it's insane what we're trying to accomplish with our suits. That's amazing. Yeah, and how just kind of a different pattern of the suit or different material can play such a big role mm-hmm. into the feelings in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's very interesting. So, 
just because you know you, you talked about your your lawn mowing business that you tried <laughs> to start uh, working, you know, raise even when you come back, you're, you're, you're working. Uh, the fact that you're doing what you're doing, you're across the world in a different country, you know, do, your your passion and your drive and your work ethic. Where did you get that from? Do you know where you got that? I mean, was that I something? Would, you know? I would have to say probably my father. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He. As a kid, definitely. He grew up in Nielsville. Okay, yep. So, you know, he was milking cows mm-hmm. before middle school or high school, you know. Um, and he started his own business here in Eau Claire, uh, MEP Associates. He's an engineer. Oh, okay. Um, that was in 2000, 2001. Uh, yeah, and so he's very hard worker, yeah. and I, I admire it a lot. And so I think that's kind of what inspired me to kind of get the ball rolling and yeah. making sure I'm yeah, to see your dad to do. start his own business, and yeah, mention the farming and that too. Yeah. Absolutely, that yeah. would. And then also my mom, you know, yeah. she she also works very hard, and she <laughs> is very dedicated to um, working out and mm-hmm. keeping her, you know, having fun with her friends. So that, I that's think also it's also fun to see. I think it's interesting when you were talking about the brick binder, how they, you know, they kind of started skiing when you started. Yeah. And then now they're doing the brick binder yeah. with, with that. Yeah. But that kind of goes with that, I think, that drive and that passion and that dedication, work yeah, ethic. For sure. Again, over there. Yeah. That's really awesome. Uh, okay, so besides ski jumping, what do you do on your downtime maybe to relax? Um, You know, I am I love playing uh, cards. Okay. Euchre cribbage. Nice. That's that's, that's Wisconsin right Wisconsin there. style. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, like you said, uh shows i am taking usually a class or two um at the university of utah fully okay. online you know since mm-hmm. i'm not home very often but right yeah that takes up a good amount of time uh yeah having fun with my teammates we try and keep things interesting mm-hmm. uh when we're away from home for so long right and yeah uh how about favorite sports team uh you know, when I was growing up, definitely the Packers. But now I'm in the past three or four years, I've been a huge Bucks fan. As in Tampa? No, or, or no, Milwaukee? no, okay. Milwaukee. Oh, just one. Yeah, to make I've sure. been kind of. Did you go with the Tom no, Brady? Route? No, 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 for sure not. <laughs> um, in the past, you know, since I graduated high school, I've been kind of gravitating more and more towards um, basketball, mm-hmm. which the Giannis effect, right? A yeah, bit? I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've still enjoy football but kind of straying away from i don't know why mm-hmm. um but yeah big big basketball fan i think it's yeah i mean Giannis and and just kind of like i mean you're you're an athlete at the highest level too but to see his humbleness yeah and Very some of inspiring. his mind you know mindset and his quotes you know about ego and failure i mean you know i use the example like i've got a son who's six years old that would be an athlete i would love for you know my kid to have a role model after, for sure. you know, just I to see that from agree. a professional level, yeah. I think is pretty cool. So, yeah. uh, with that, who was your favorite athlete growing up? Um, oh, good question. I might have to give a shout out to um, Nick Mattoon. Oh, you don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, when I was younger as a ski jumper, um, he was definitely someone in the club. Mm-hmm. that I looked up to and very hard worker, um, huge work ethic. And so I think that was definitely someone that I looked up to mm-hmm. and admired. 
Um, kind of got the passion of ski jumping from him as well. Uh, but as a professional athlete, uh, that's a good question. Um, I loved watching Jordy. Jordy Nelson? Yeah. Yep. When I was in middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Every Sunday, yeah. Absolutely. I miss 87 yeah. running out there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you, I know a lot of people don't have one for this, but I'm going to ask you, do you have a favorite book? Um, I am blanking on the names, but I've a year or two ago I got pretty into reading, I don't know what the... Um, what you call them, but basically motivational sports mm-hmm. books. Yep. Um, whether it was an athlete who wrote a book or, you know, sports psych that was working with athletes. I think those are very interesting and for me, very relevant. So, yep. Uh, I'm the same way. I read those style books all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's, I, I can do fiction once in a while, but I just, maybe it's just cause I'm getting older, but I'm more of the nonfiction. You're right. The inspiration or just kind of yeah. like, I love reading how athletes, like what drives them? Yeah, you know what motivates them for sure. You know, mom, Kobe Bryant, you know, Mamba mentality yeah. sort of stuff. Exactly, and it's interesting how a lot of them kind of tie into everyday life. Exactly, um, and kind of to see those correlations of the mindset in sport, but also how that uh, translates into the mindset during the daily life. I'm trying to. I'm looking up the book that I finished reading because I just completely blanked on the on the name but since you mentioned it i'm gonna once i find it here i'll have to look at it when we're off the air but especially how you just said kind of relates it to real life this one is like up that your alley then perfect i'll have to tell you because it just came out uh, a few months ago but yeah it's it's a real and i found myself actually making notes in that book and it's really? a quick easy read but yeah. like underlining stuff interesting sort of thing there so uh you kind of mentioned your, your favorite hobby already you know playing cards and and, and all that sort of stuff oh, and i've been really getting into fishing Ooh, okay. One of my um, really good buddies, actually Nick's brother, uh, Nate Mattoon, he, former ski jumper as well, mm-hmm. also uh, very good, and he is now addicted to fishing. He's going to uh, Stevens Point for the Fish and Wildlife oh, nice. uh, program, and yeah, he I really enjoy going out on the boat mm-hmm. and kind of taking in the uh, wildlife and yeah. nature and um, catching big fish. Yeah. Caught a nice musky uh, last Saturday. So that's a blast. Nice. Kind of coming home and yeah. getting a completely different switch up of how I usually run my everyday life. Right. And then kind of just going out and, and enjoying. Sally Jenkins' book, The Right Call, What Sports Teaches Us About Work and Life. Okay. And she uses examples of, like, athletes. There's a really good one about somebody who tried swimming was it the Panama Canal or one of those canals? But, like, it had to be in the body of water for, like, 48, 50-some hours. Interesting. And the mindset and just, like, there's a bunch. Terrible. I know. <laughs> I, I'm reading I was like, why I would heck? never yeah. do that. Yeah. But, no and then it's just, it's it's a really good conversation or really good insight. So, yeah, check that one out. Perfect. I did get it at BAM here in town if you're looking for it. Perfect. So, uh, favorite music. Do you listen to music before you jump or, or anything like that? Um, I tend to, I normally don't, um, I'm not sure why, uh, I think when, during the warm up, at least at the hill, I try to keep it lighthearted. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we'll bring a soccer ball or a volleyball 
and just kind of hit it around with each other, play a game of, you know, if you mess up, you get a letter. And then, right. um, so kind of trying to interact with uh, my teammates and other people at the Hill, you mm-hmm. know, other nations and see how they're doing and uh, what they think of the Hill or, you know, just small talk. Right. I, I think that kind of keeps me um, distracted, but yet again, focused at the same time, but not like so zoned in, like just my music, like mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Cause then I feel like I can kind of psych myself out of right. focusing on what I'm trying to accomplish and then just trying too hard on the jump. Absolutely. Um, well, so. that's fantastic. Andrew, um, big thanks for stopping in and yeah, kind of getting much. to know you yeah. uh, a little bit and your background and such. And uh, I can't wait to kind of follow you. Uh, keep uh, keep in touch, okay? For sure. So we can uh, keep tabs on you and watch you. And, and whenever you come back in town, let's catch up and, and do another yeah, catch up on here. Yeah, I would love to here. do this again. So yeah. uh, big thanks, man, and congratulations. And keep going, dude. You're kind of a, you're an inspiration, man. <laughs> Thank Just you. kind of learning your, your work ethic. And, I mean, dude, that's inspiring. So you're, you're an inspiration to a lot of people. So keep that going. Thank All you. All right. Appreciate it. You got it. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you again soon, okay, bud? Perfect. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, brought to you by Hy-V and Toys and Ford. Appreciate you tuning in. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating and a, and a review so others can find the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper. Big thanks to Andrew. Best of luck, Andrew, on your career. And we will talk to you all on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.